Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Matthew, chapter 6. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. The point of the Sermon on the Mount is to drive us to Jesus Christ. But not only is the point of the Sermon on the Mount to drive us to Christ, but also the Sermon on the Mount, get this, directs us in Christ. Remember chapter 5. Jesus was dealing with inner attitudes. And now here in chapter 6, we kind of shift topics from inner attitudes to outward activities, specifically in three areas. In the area of giving, in the area of prayer, and in the area of fasting. In those three areas, Jesus tells his disciples, listen, fellas, don't be hypocrites. Now, when you study chapter 6, read it in your own time. You look through chapter six, you can see that there's one theme that runs through chapter six, and that is hypocrisy. Notice in your Bibles in verse two, Jesus says, when you give, don't be like the hypocrites. And in verse five, when you pray, don't pray like the hypocrites. And in verse 16, when you fast, don't fast like the hypocrites. Three times Jesus says, don't be a hypocrite. Now. Listen, how many of us have heard people say Christians are such hypocrites? I'm not coming to church because Christians are all hypocrites, they say, as if they're not. Well, all those Christians are all hypocrites. And And the reason why they say Christians are hypocrites is because Christians fall short, because Christians sin. Because somehow people think that when you get to this place of being a Christian, that all of a sudden now you're supposed to never sin again. You never sin. Listen, Christians sin and Christians fall short. But the world calls that hypocrisy. Listen, the Bible doesn't call that hypocrisy. Biblical hypocrisy is when someone, listen, deliberately and intentionally uses religion to cover up their sin. Like the Pharisees who used religion to deliberately and intentionally cover up their sins. Jesus says, don't be a hypocrite. The Greek word for hypocrite, we have the word or or, or the Greek word is hypocrite, actually. And it means a mask wearer. It comes from the Greek theater, actually. In the Greek theater, they would put on these productions and they would wear these masks. Perhaps you've seen them. These exaggerated masks with big smiles on them or big frowns on them. And so Jesus says, don't wear a mask. You need to be genuine. Don't play games. Don't have a two-faced. We have two, We have the word two-faced. Like you're two-faced. 
Jesus said, don't have two faces. Don't wear a mask. Don't play games, especially in the area of giving. Jesus said, when you give, don't sound the trumpet like the hypocrites do in church and in the streets so that they can receive glory from men. Now, this bit of history, very important for you. In the temple area and in the courtyard, there were two chambers. One was called the chamber of utensils. And the chamber of utensils, that's where they kept the silver and the gold for the worship services, in the chamber of utensils. And then the second chamber was known as the chamber of secrets. The chamber of secrets was located in an area on the other side of the courtyard. And so people were to go to the chamber of secrets and leave their gifts that were designated for the poor in this chest that was called the trumpet. And they were to go anonymously. And the poor would show up later and be giving gifts from the chamber of secrets. And all of this was to be done anonymously and honestly and in humility. But as the years went on, the Pharisees, they said, you know, that's not practical. It's kind of way out there and over the way. And when we want to give money to the poor, you know, it's inconvenient, they said. So what they began to do was they tied a trumpet around their waist And when they wanted to give to the poor, they would stand in the street and in church and go, and all the poor would listen, gifts. Oh, wow. Look how righteous he is. Look how charitable and generous he is. And Jesus said, you hypocrites. Why? Because they were doing it not with concern for the poor and with concern for the needy. They were doing it so that men would look at them and say, oh, look how generous you are. Look how righteous you are as you give gifts. Oh, you guys are so holy. Look at you. They were doing it with the wrong method and the wrong motive. Now, as I told them in both services prior, I'll tell you, my next few comments will probably get me in a lot of trouble. The church today. I believe, and I think Christian and non-Christian would agree, the church today has adopted methods and have motives to extract money from people that are ungodly. It's terrible what people do to get money. You know, we, we don't make an emphasis on money here. As you well know, again, I told you, we don't even talk about it. People come up to me pretty regularly, almost after every service, pretty regularly. And they say, Pastor Rodney, you know, you forgot to take up an offering. You know, you forgot to, they try to hand me a check. And I say, give me that money. No, I mean, no. (laughs) Oh, no, brother, sister. The offering boxes are on the back wall. And if you like to give, then just take it there. But we don't take up offerings here at Calvary Chapel because it's a distraction, I think. And I also honestly, from my heart, believe that where God guides, he will provide. I really believe that this is God's church. I really believe because it is really God's church that he will really take care of it. I really believe that. If you do, say amen. I believe that. Amen. And somebody needs to say what's happening is crazy. Crazy. 
I come from a background of church where giving, offering was intense pressure. I mean, it was just pressure. I remember they would, uh, church I came from years ago now, but uh, they would take up two, three, four offerings. I mean, they take up the first offering, go in the back and count the money, come in, and, and they're not satisfied. <laughs> Some of you know what I'm talking about. Say amen if you do. All right, someone, oh, that's too many of y'all. That's sad. <laughs> and they go in the back, count that money, come out and say, this offering was despicable. This is disgraceful. You people, can't you do better than that? And so we're going to take up another offering. So they take up another offering. You know what I'm saying. Go back in the back, count it again. They're still not satisfied. They come back up, well, you know, it's getting a little better. It looks like we're going to have to take up another offering. And then they come out, you know, after all other means have been exhausted. They come back out. Well, you know, the Lord was just showing us that there are 10 people in the congregation who, are, who want to give $1,000 each. And I'm like, the Lord ain't telling you that's me. <laughs> you listen to the wrong voice, bro. That ain't something you listen to the voice of the devil. You ain't, no, 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 no. I mean, just intense pressure. And I think what is happening in the churches today is ungodly. It's pressure, scams and schemes in order to get you to give money. Some time ago, I read you this article. I'll read it again. There was this scam, true story. They were selling splinters from the original cross that Jesus was crucified on. And this article calculated that if you put the pieces of the cross together that were sold, you could put a boat the size of the Mayflower together. No wonder Jesus needed help carrying his cross. It was huge. And then there was another scam. True story. I'm not making this up. This church in Naples, Italy, they sold vials of Mary, the mother of Jesus, her breast milk. They sold vials of a true story. Some of the milk was preserved and saved, and they just happened to have gallons of it left over. I mean, true story. And then, of course, you got the telethons and the praise-a-thons and the celebration-thons. And you call in and you, uh, hello, i like to make a gift of 50 to to $100. Oh, thank you. And then they read it over, you know, so-and-so called from and their name and they're contributing 50 bucks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then if you call in and say, you know, I'm calling in, I want to contribute a thousand bucks. Well, you don't get the clap machine. You get a whole praise song, you know. Oh, they called in. And somebody else calls in with five bucks and they tell the name and where they're calling from and they get, you know, one clap. Next name. And, you know. Am I the only one noticing this? Am I the only one? It's amazing what people are doing and churches aren't doing today. And of course, you can buy a pew if they're, you know, trying to replace the chairs. You can buy a pew and put your name on the side of the pew, you and your family. You know, and then somebody, you know, you come in and somebody's sitting there in the pew you bought. Look, I'm going to tell you something. If I bought the pew, I have every right to tell you to get out of my seat. You got to go. If I bought the pew, then I can sit it wherever I I bought the pew. That's my chair. I bought it. And of course, you can, the hymnals, you can buy a hymnal. 
and put your little name on it. And then every time people go to sing praises to the good Lord up above, then they can see your name. I recently read a story, even this past week. Get this, you will not believe this. True, you can buy a brick. The church is in a building project. They're building a church, and they are offering people a brick. And if you purchase a brick, then they will send you a personalized brick with felt on the bottom so it doesn't scratch your furniture. (laughs) And then when, as the years go on, your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren can look at the side of that building and say, Ah, there's Papa. He bought that brick. I mean, this is true. This is what's going on in the church today. I'm not making it up. And so Jesus says, listen, listen, assuredly you have your reward. This phrase, have your reward, literally in the Greek language is paid in full. When people see the brick you bought... And they go, oh, look at that brick, or look at that pew, or look at that hymnal, look at what they have done. And people go, oh, you are so wonderful, you have blessed the church with your gifts, and oh, you're so wonderful. Jesus said that you got your reward paid in full. In other words, when you get to heaven, you ain't got nothing there. Because you have already been paid in full here on earth. But your reward should not come from men, but should come from God. You see, understand something here. Whatever you do, whatever generous gifts you provide, listen, you will get a reward. You're going to get a reward. Everyone's going to get a reward. The question is, when and where do you want to get your reward? Do you want to get it as men say, oh, you know, oh, you're so wonderful. So thank you so much. Without you, we would not have been able to do it. You know, people, I was telling them other service, people come up to me, you know, when they're new to the church, they come to the church and Pastor Ryan, love the church, love the, everything is all wonderful. And, you know, and then they say something like this. They'll say something like, um, well, I want you to know that I believe in taking care of my church. I believe first, that's always a problem when they say my church, but OK, fine. But I, I, I believe in supporting the church and taking care of the church. And I, I'm really, really believe. And what they're telling me is that they're a big tither. Now, if you said this to me, you know I love you. All right? <laughs> if you, you know I love you. But, but listen, listen, not, and not everybody has this heart, but sometimes it does come across this way, and sometimes it is this way, where people come into the church, and because they are big tithers, it's been happening for hundreds of years. I'm not talking about something that's new. Because they are big tithers, many people think, because I'm a big tither, I ought to have some special privileges, or I ought to have some special right, or when I come through the door, you ought to, da 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 oh, here they come, oh, that big tither, yeah, come on up here, mister, have a seat right there, sir, we got it oh, all cleaned up for you. And people think that sometimes. And that just doesn't happen here. I'm sorry, you guys. That doesn't happen. Amen? Amen. We need to be people who say, Lord, you know what? All of what we have belongs to Jesus. Listen, you think you own what you own, but you don't own what you own. God owns everything. Everything you have belongs to the Lord. 
And so it all belongs to God. No man is, you know, years ago I heard this, I liked it. In the church, there should be no big eyes and little U's. No, we're all the same. It's God's church. We're here to worship the Lord. It's not about what you give. It's about what he gave. You see, he gave his son. He gave his only begotten son. Jesus gave the greatest gift of all. It's not what you give. Now, just in closing, really quickly, I'm going to give you five principles. There are plenty in scripture, but I just want to give you five this morning. I want you to write these down. Go home and take a look at some verses. But I want to give you five principles for giving that I think are important and pertinent for our church. Number one, first and foremost, listen, give yourself to God. If you haven't given yourself to God, you should keep your money. I'll say that again in case you were asleep. If you haven't given yourself to God, you should keep your money. Don't try to pay God off. You know, God, if I just dropped 20 bucks in the offering plate now. And if you're a good God, I'll add an extra five next week. And people think God is going, oh, goody. Really? Are you really? Would you? And that's, that's not God. You can't buy God off. You can't write him a check and, and, and buy him off. So first things first, give yourself to God. Secondly, you should give lovingly. That's very important. First Corinthians chapter 13, verse 3. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. So if you give more than anybody in the church or you give more than anybody in the city or you give more than anybody in the state of North Carolina, if you don't have love, according to the scriptures, it's nothing. Your giving should come from a heart of love. Thirdly, you should give hilariously. That word cheerfully is hilarious in the Greek language. Second Corinthians chapter nine, verse seven. So let each one of us give as he purposes in his heart. Not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves what, saints? A cheerful giver. If you can't give it and write that check and go, God, (laughs) I'm so glad to write this check. I can't believe it. I wish I could add more zeros to it. Then don't give. If you can't do it with a cheerful heart, you here you go, God. Take this money. Use it for your glory. I'm struggling, okay? What's up with that? Cheerfully, do it cheerfully. Just give as unto God. Give, give, not because God needs anything, contrary to popular opinion. People act like God has followed chapter 7 or chapter 11. You know, God's broke now. If you don't support this ministry, we're going to have to pull the plug on power. Like, look, pull the plug. If it ain't the Lord, it ain't the Lord. You don't have to go through all that if it's the Lord. Pull the plug. Close up. Whatever. If it ain't God, it ain't God. You see, God's not broke. He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. That's why we don't have to beg for money. Because cause, cause, cause God is able to send, send, send money and, and provide for us and provision Jehovah Jireh. He's able to provide for us just like he provided manna from heaven for his people in the wilderness. I am confident everything we need would show right up on the door when God is ready to do the work. 
So I, I, I don't stress about these kinds of things. Absolutely not. God is faithful. Amen, saints? Always has been. He's never failed anyone. Ever. Ever. So give cheerfully. Number four, not only give cheerfully, but guys, give generously. Romans chapter 12, verse 8. He who gives should give with liberality or generously. 2 Corinthians 8, 7 talks about abounding in the grace of giving or give generously. You know, there are people that have very little and some have a lot. But giving never depends on whether you have a little or a lot. Giving just depends on are you giving from your heart cheerfully and are you giving your best? Remember that woman with the widow's might? And man, she dropped that might in there and Jesus said that woman gave more than everybody else. And those other guys were giving some big bucks. And Jesus said she's giving more. Why? Because she gave her all. So very important to give generously and not only give generously, but listen, you guys, number five, give sacrificially and hey, give your best. Give your best. You know, I am amazed how the church, any church, can have a rummage sale any day of the week. Because folk clean out their garages. You ever notice this? People clean their garage, do spring cleaning or whatever. And all the nice stuff, they have a garage sale and they keep the money. And all the stuff that's junk, they go, oh, that's a piece of junk. Maybe the church can use it. Like, Hello, wait a minute, wait a minute. Even you acknowledge it's junk. Now, now, why would you bring junk to the church? And people bring it proud. Folk bring their church, their junk, the church proud. They come in, Pastor Ronnie. Waiting for me to go, oh, thank you so much for that worthless junk. <laughs> Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. I'm going to speak in tongues because you gave us worthless junk. You know, a, a, a rummage sale. Church can have a rummage sale. It, it, just by the very word rummage. I'm going to have you over for some rummage. I mean, rummage, what's rummage? Rummage is bad. You know, but at home, you, don't, you have a garage sale. At church, rummage sale. I mean, what's up with that? I am amazed. Are you, I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one that gets it. I don't get What's up with that? It's amazing. A junk. Don't bring your junk to church. Look, you know, here. Take your junk, brother. The trash dumpster is right over there. Just head that way. Junk. Give a kid a chance. Gently use clothes. That's all we wanted. Or brand new, but no, 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 give your best. Give sacrificially, and when you give your best, your Father who sees in secret, verse 4, will circle that himself, reward you openly. Your reward comes from the Father. If I never say thank you, if the leadership never thanks you for your generosity, if we never do, you know that your reward comes from the Father from God, very good. It comes from God, not from man. As a matter of fact, if we don't thank you and send you a thank you card, nobody thank me. We don't send you a thank you card, that's good. Because we don't want to rob you of your blessings. 
We don't want to rob you of your blessings. We want you to get blessed in heaven, your blessings to go ahead and you get get your blessings in heaven. And let me tell you something. The blessings that Jesus has for his people. They're better than a brick. Let's just say that. But the Lord is faithful. Amen. Amen. Father, we love you so much. Lord, we just bless you. Raise your hands to the Lord. Would you mind? And Father, we just bless you today. We give you honor. We give you thanks and praise. And with uplifted hands, Lord, we surrender to you. And Father, with uplifted hearts, we give them to you again. And Lord, with our hands open, Lord, Father, your provision to fill our hands with, with that which will be about the kingdom, for kingdom living, for the glory of the kingdom, may we use everything that we have. And we love you today. Amen, saints. And God, you've been so good. And I thank you for the youth here at Calvary Chapel and what you're doing here. Continue to work in our youth, Father. They would love you with all their heart and love your word with all their heart, mind, and soul. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccary.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.